Welcome to Behind the Dunes Podcast. I'm your host, Connor, and this is my co-host, John Floyd. And uh, today is the, you know, the prequel to the inaugural episode. Next week, we've got the first ever episode with our top sales agent, top producing agent, realtor of the year. Am I missing anything? Overall, great guy. Overall, great guy. Um, be be sure to stay tuned special for, guest. for that special episode. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. Kick off the actual series uh, today. I'm here with John, and uh, I'm just gonna learn a little bit more about John today. John, how are you? Doing well, man. Yeah, it's thanks for see. having me on my own podcast. Yeah, be <laughs> <laughs> the main the main the main guest yeah. of uh, the show. It'd be the best one ever. I tell yeah, you that absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, John, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Yeah, besides this awesome, awesome podcast. Oh yeah. Here in beautiful Hilton Head Island. Yeah. 65 degrees. Oh, oh yeah. I, I should point out, we are in Shelter, Shelter Cove Marina. Marina and um, it's, it's awesome here. Which will be our home site for this podcast. This is our office here at Shelter Cove Marina. If anybody's bouncing around and yeah. heading to the bakery next door or you're just out taking in the sights, we're right here. Yeah, make sure to come say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, other than that, just working away, um, trying to keep my baby controlled. He's walking now, so I have a... It's a daunting task. 15-month-old, I believe it is. I lose track of all the months, but um, he's fully walking, and uh, he's at daycare currently. Yeah. You know, wrecking havoc, but comes home full of energy, and so that's uh, that's my life right now. Planning some trips with the family for this year, but... Uh, you excited? I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. So you just transitioned to a new role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were previously a realtor. Correct. With Dunes. Still are, uh, still are. Yep. But now you've taken on some uh, some more responsibility, mm-hmm. some more awesomeness to help our uh, growth. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So been a realtor for, I guess, going on six and a half years now. I got in September of 2015. Uh, been with Dunes Real Estate the whole time, um, selling real estate here in Hilton Head, Bluffton. Uh, mostly those, you know, we're growing further out now, but for the most part, that's kind of where our market consisted of was the Hilton Head Bluffton market. Um, started off this year, Daniel kind of came to me. Daniel's our broker in charge, offered me an opportunity um, that we had to kind of really create a position for. And um, <clears throat> that position is, I think we're going to really start to focus on our Bluffton growth. I live in Bluffton. I've lived there for almost 10 years now. Um, I'm a native South Carolinian, so I'm from the state originally, but we've been, my wife and I moved down here about 10 years ago. Uh, we love Bluffton. I know the market very well. Um, and, uh, I think our overall goal is to kind of grow our company more in that direction. Um, so maybe, you know, eventually have an office there. We have one on the mainland right over the bridge in Moss Creek, um, which is our Bluffton office currently, but then we're going to probably have another one further out uh, to give us even more access, even more presence. Uh, and then to kind of grow our company and, you know, bring on some great agents that want to be a part of that. I think once it's all said and done, I'll be based out of that office, kind of nice. managing that office, um, helping to, you know, coach, train, uh, motivate, anything I can do career development wise to improve their business, make their lives better, be there for them. But, uh, but then, you know, they'll have not only a whole team of admin staff basically working for them and their clients, um, they also have a non-competing broker in charge in Daniel who's there to answer anything that they need yep. contract-wise, legal-wise, and he's always there for me when I needed him. And, and then I'll also be in a similar role where I'll be non-competing. So I'll have to kind of put a little bit of stop to my selling career and then focus more just really on that'll be my job is how do I grow our company, how do I grow our agents, and and really push them forward and uh, and to know that I'm there for them at the drop of a call uh, is pretty exciting. So basically all of our agents and newer agents that we end up with will have two figures that they can go to Correct. for support. And Correct. Stuff like that. Uh, and existing cool. even can have that as well. Yeah. You know, I've had a, not everybody, I mean, I know everybody in the company because I've been there for so long. Yeah. A lot of people got at it after I did. <clears throat> and I have very good relationships with our top agents and stuff like that. But, you know, some of those agents are in a different part of their career. Yeah. Uh, they've already kind of, uh, made it very, very far in their career, but they're just, you know, needing our staff, our resources, our tools, everything that we do that makes it automated for them to help continue to scale their business. Yep. So maybe the meetings and, you know, the accountability piece and some of that isn't as important to them, but anybody within the company, you know, we have people that 
I've been doing it for a long time. I've been meeting with and just how can I help? What can I do? And if there's something that maybe they feel uncomfortable bringing to Daniel, they feel more comfortable to bring to me, you know, Hey, I'm all ears. Let me hear it. And then I, you know, I have meetings with Daniel every week and we, we sit down and talk about how we can improve the company and, uh, you know, here with Connor, who's our photographer, videographer, we're always trying to come up with ideas of uh, how to innovate, how to grow our brand. And, yeah. and the more I can gain from our, our current existing agents is going to help improve it for the new ones coming on. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yep. I, I think this platform that we're on now is going to help tremendously mm-hmm. in reaching out into the neighborhood. We've got a bunch of great episodes planned, a um, bunch of great agents, people, and uh, make sure you stay tuned so mm-hmm. you can uh, get a look at some of these episodes because uh, we're going to have some great stuff. Besides, obviously, the, the best episode <laughs> of the year so far is going to be today with John. Absolutely. So, John, set the bar high. Yeah, we're, we're, we're starting up here. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's nowhere else to go. So, you're from upstate South Carolina, right? Correct. So, you came here. You said what? Ten years ago? About ten years ago. What brought you to uh, wonderful Hilton Head, Bluffton? Um, yeah, grew up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, um, kind of upstate portion, just down from Greenville. Um, it's probably three and a half, maybe pushing four hours from here. Drive depending right. on traffic. Uh, so not too far, but my family grew up vacationing in uh, Beaufort. We'd go to Hunting Island a lot. For some reason, my grandparents loved that area, so we would come stay in a hotel for a week and go right. to Hunting Island and you know, maybe even camp out and things like that <clears throat> at that state park, which was amazing. So I had a lot of great memories of that. And, and we had come to Hilton Head, but I didn't really know Bluffton very well. Um, but I was actually out of college working for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, had gotten into that Um Started with a bunch of friends of mine and had kind of worked my way up into some managerial type positions. Um, in my first assistant manager job, I started interviewing. I interviewed Charleston, Beaufort, a lot of places. But I knew for some reason I just wanted to get near the low country. I didn't care where it was. I was like, I right. want to be near the water. Uh, love the beach. Love, you know, boating, things like that. So I was like, I, let's let's do that. And my wife was on board. You know, she was working, but she wasn't, you know, fully committed to where she was. It was kind of a first job for her. And um, uh got the Beaufort position. They actually offered that before I even had a chance to go interview in Charleston. And the Charleston guy doing the interview was my old branch manager, who was one of my very good friends. So I assumed going in that, hey, that job's mine. But he had kind of told me, I'm going to do it just like anything, you know, be very hard in the interview. Uh, And then my boss at the time, you know, he was weighing it. He said, well, you've already burned the hand, kind of type, you know, deal we do in real estate. Um, burn the hands worth more than two in the bush, you know what I mean? Instead of, you got this one here, instead of chasing something that you don't fully have yet. Yeah. He kind of talked to me and he said, you know, my advice would be take what you got. Because if you turn Beaufort down, then you have to go interview. If you don't get it, you're still here. Yeah. Uh, so that was my opportunity. So I went ahead and I took it and I didn't know anybody here, didn't know anybody in Beaufort. My boss at the time said, hey, look into Bluffton. If we move you around, uh, Hilton Head Savannah, anywhere else, you'll be centralized. And I was like, what is Bluffton? So, Asia, my wife, actually came down with her brother. Um, she had some free time, and they started scouring for apartments and things like that. I hadn't even – all I did was came down to do my interview, and I went back. Yep. That was all I had seen of Bluffton, and Asia found a place. And I was like, fine, works for me, a little two-bedroom apartment, let's go. And uh, kind of the rest is history. I moved down and worked for Enterprise for another, I don't know, two, three years, something like that, at Beaufort, Hilton Head, and Savannah. So really started learning the area. Um, and then jumped into real estate after that. What made you want to get into real estate? I don't know. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I really don't. Asia, my wife had talked to me about it, and she said, you know, I think that's something you would enjoy and you'd be good at personality-wise. But right. I didn't know. I, I mean, I'm not one of those guys that I'm a third-generation realtor. I've never had anybody that I know right. that's in real estate and didn't know anything about it. But at Enterprise at the time, I just started keeping people's business cards because I knew a change was coming, but I didn't know what. Right. Uh, and when real estate popped in my head, I reached out to a bunch of people and I had a few that responded and, you know, were saying, Hey, I'm open to, to helping and answering some questions. And one of the guys was a guy that works at our office uh, named John Robinson, a uh, very nice guy, but he met with me and I think we went out to lunch or something. And uh, he said, I'm gonna tell you the good. I'm gonna tell you the bad. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, and I said, well, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear all the good stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell me everything. Yeah. And he did. Um, but he also said, you know, I think this, you know, every, every, career, every job is going to have some heartache and some tough times. But right. if you can push through and make it through the first few years, he said, I think it's, you know, one of the most rewarding careers you can ever have. Uh, you enjoy what you do. You, you kind of your own boss. You have the flexibility of your schedule. Um, and uh, so next thing you know, he introduced, he said, do you want to see a real estate office? I said, sure. Never seen one. So he took me to our 
Kamala Dune's office right across the street. And um, was like, I'll just introduce you to some people, let you see what it looks like to be in a real estate office. It's like, this is great. And uh, when I got there, I didn't realize, but the broker in charge at the time, uh, Daniel was there, but he was kind of like transitioning to broker. But we still had Bill Baldwin, who was our old broker in charge. Right. Uh, more old school type guy, um, you know, very to the point. And him and Daniel, next thing you know, I was in a conference room with those two and full blown interview, <laughs> which I had no idea. But we kind of sat down, they asked me questions and tried to get to know me. And um, and it went real well, I thought. And so I left and they called me up. And Daniel, I think, actually called me and said, look, man, we love, you know, who you are. Uh, we think you, you could have a great career in this and, and be a good fit, but we can't, you know, you being a brand-new agent at the time, Dunes didn't really take on new agents. It just right. wasn't their forte uh, with the training and all this other stuff in 2015. It just didn't really exist. But um, he said, we got a team that, you know, potentially is looking to grow that we continue with, and they're three of our top realtors that just happen to be on a team that are looking to grow that, and would you be open? You'd have to pay all your expenses. You'd have to do everything just like a normal agent. There's no gifts here. But the team may be able to help you with some leads training, you know, they can kind of mentor you, let you shadow them on listing appointments and all that. And uh, I think I spoke with a few other brokerages, just to be safe, because they kind of told me about that as well. And I just said, you know, I think the best way to learn is to just get into it and learn from the best and pick their brain. I did that for two years. Um, it was a very good experience. So yeah. here I am six years later, I'm still with the same company. And, and now you're hosting a podcast. Show. And now, yeah, now I'm hosting podcasts <laughs> at a marina. So it all worked out. It could be worse. Yeah. So you were with the, the team for, you said, two years, right? right. Uh, what did you do after the team? Um, kind of the same thing, but, um, you know, and we were we were a different team than some of these you see in our market now um, where they have buyer's agents, listing agents, and everybody specialized. Right. We, were, we were just more, at that time, I think we built it to, got to five. We had another guy, which was six, and then he kind of left, and we got back down to five. So we were kind of just a team of five individual agents. Uh, that just kind of met as a team. We use the same lead system. We use the same CRM, but we, you know, we all function as a team. I'd help go show property and things of that nature. Um, but it wasn't like I was fully designed. So I kind of felt like I was already doing my own deal. Right. Uh, a lot of my deals are coming from sphere of influence anyway. Uh, you know, people that I knew, people that my wife worked with, whatever. Uh, so, you know, one guy left to kind of go start another team. Um, and kind of invited me to join that. So that was one option. The other option was to kind of stay with like the top salesman of the group, just me and him, I guess almost not even like partner up, but it just kind of stay with him. And, um, but, but when the team kind of split, I could see he was, his mindset was different. Like it was like, Hey, I'm ready to just go. He hired his own assistant and it was like, Hey, I'm ready to go crush it. Yeah. Uh, Which he's done. Uh, but I just didn't feel like I would have the same, mentorship and stuff that I did to start. Right. So then I went to Daniel. So my third option, Daniel said, well, just go on your own. And he said, you know, you have the whole team here. You have me, you have everybody that's going to push you. It's going to provide all the resources that, you know, everybody gets. Uh, and you may even have more because you're not with the team anymore. You literally can access all this stuff yourself. Anything that you want to do, you can run your business the way you want to run it. And so I went with option three and I just said, I'll just go on my own. Um, and I did that for almost four and a half years on my own. Um, just being an individual realtor and trying to brand myself and, uh, sell real estate. So that was. Do you think being step. in the non-competing broker model helped you like during your, your career, whereas compared to being in like, you know, another one where absolutely you yeah. don't have that same type of support. Um, I think so, but right. I can't answer because I've never been in one without. Right. So it's a little different, but yes, um, to know. And that's one of the reasons, I mean, I, I probably had people reach out to you in real estate yeah. and they want to tell you about their company and so I probably met with 10 to 12 other brokerages uh, throughout the years, sat down, sometimes went to the office, sometimes just had lunch, but got to hear everything. Some of them went two or three steps, but I was just, and I told them all, like, hey, I'm not looking to leave. I'm very happy. Right. Love the people that I work with, love the support, love the, the leadership here. Uh, but I said, but I'm not going to be one of those guys that, you know, cuts everything off, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I've never be a guy that's jumping around that is blaming my lack of success on a brokerage, but I felt it was smart to keep my options open. Like maybe there is something who knows, because I just jumped in. This was the only thing that I knew. Yeah. Uh, but after meeting with all of them, I never left. Uh, and some people, you know, got a little upset, um, you know, because they just couldn't understand why I wouldn't, they were offering this and you know, some stuff got gimmicky. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you come, we'll give you this listing immediately. So you can yada yada. And, you know, 
I'm not one of those guys. So right. I can read through the salesy stuff, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm not getting a good feeling here. Yeah. Whereas Dunes and Daniel and you know the, the team there would never do that. Um, but I always knew that, hey, anytime, and I've called Daniel late at night, weekends, anytime I need something. And the majority of it is, hey, I got a situation. How do I form a contingency to protect my people? Or how do I do that? And, it, and in that form and fashion, I'm doing everything I can to be the best realtor, protect them, put them in the best position possible. And Daniel always had an answer. Um, you know, and he even went steps further where, you know, in our back end stuff, he saves a lot of contingencies that if I'm on the go or he's, at, you know, out of the office, boom, he's got, okay, you need a home inspection contingency. Boom, there it is. It's already pre-written. You need a appraisal. You need anything, mold inspection, whatever. It's all phrased. All you got to do is insert some dates, you know, yada, yada, yada. But um, just having that there and knowing not only was I surrounded by great people who were doing a ton of business, ton of business, there's also, we have a ton of people at our office that are fully involved in the community, um, you know, and they are, you know, giving back. And, you know, we have the Lacos who go out and host the annual Thanksgiving dinner that they do on their own time and get people to come, you know, that don't have a, a traditional Thanksgiving to invite people to, hey, you can show up here and we'll do Thanksgiving uh, in Hilton Head. Um, and just things like that. I, you know, I was never looking at it as I'm looking for a short, short-term quick fix that's going to help me make a bunch of money. Right. I was always looking at it as long term. I'm thinking this is my career. I'm not trying to do anything short term here. Like I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. And to me, what's gonna better me is people that I have to chase, people that I get to see live amazing lives outside of work that I can try to model my life around. And now that I have a son, how I can try to model my, um, you know, my parenting around. And I just nothing ever compared to it. So, to be honest, that was. Yeah, what it is. But again, I don't know, but I just feel like it. And now with me moving into my role, having two people there, both of us have real estate sales experience. Both of us are still heavily involved in transactions that are happening. We will go on listing appointments with our agents, you know, so we're still right there in the nitty gritty. Um, you know, we, we step in, I had to do one the other day, uh, step in and we do multiple offer situations to help our agents. So we're very fair in how we do it. Uh, you know, if one of our agents has their own buyer, but, you know, there's another agent who has a buyer and two offers are coming in the mix. We like to kind of step in, help out, and negotiate that. So that way it takes it off of them from being unfair to the other buyer's agent. Right. Um, and so that's little things that Daniel and I will do that I just find it hard to believe that other places, especially when brokers are out selling and just trying to build their business and make more money that they can make, have time to really focus on and Helping other people grow their business, and grow their career. And not that they don't. I think yeah. they all love their people, and they probably have a great time. And you But know. their focus isn't 100% No, because there. that's not fully their job. Yeah. Because they still have, I mean, and some of those brokers have been doing this a long time. And long I think time. about the book of business that they have, and I just sit there and think all the emails I get and texts and calls, and, and it's constant from clients. So you always have something pulling at you, whereas in our positions, we ours are just from our agents. Right. You know what I mean? And then yeah. we can specialize and spend the time with them. And then I can schedule meetings throughout the week. Hey, we're going to meet for an hour this day. And, hey, let's do this. And, you know, the new agents that are coming on, I have times to schedule, you know, my tours with them, you know, show them how to do the walk-ins at our office. A lot of stuff that just kind of help them gain that knowledge. Um, so. It takes a lot of stuff off their plate, too, that they don't have to necessarily, like, fixate on. And they can just worry about, you know, getting the deals, getting more clients, you know, providing the best service they can to the clients that they already have. Correct. And it, that, I feel like that's from a non-agent, that's like, that's immense from a standpoint of like, wow, my person is literally focused, like they're laser focused on nothing but me. Yes. And that relationship. Yeah. And how, what can I do to either solve their problem, you know, help, yeah. uh, help get them to accomplish their goal. And that's what they're focused on, yeah. on doing. Uh, and there, there is, there's immense value in that, you know, they're in the car, they're not having to think about a million other things, you know, even if they had needed help writing a contract or they needed whatever, like we're there to help. Yeah. You know, you're out showing property and somebody's grilling you about what are the HOA fees here? All they have to do is call me. Yeah. Oh, perfect. They're $1,100 a year. They're this and that. Here's the taxes. Great. They pass along, but they, they know in the back of their mind, they're not left out there to dry. Uh, and they have that support of, they're going to help me look like the expert, be, you know, have my credentials for my clients to where, you know, I'm at a very professional brokerage, but I have a ton of support, not only for me, but they get to promote that like on listing appointments. Yeah. That all of us are there trying to help 
get their property sold. And then the from, from like an agent and employee standpoint, like just working in the offices, it's, it's very nice. Like, mm-hmm. every, like the admin team, like we all know everybody, you know, the agents, they all know each other. A lot of the agents are very active in the associations mm-hmm. and the state level stuff and a, a ton locally. So it's like you go out to like an event or like something and you see like all of our agents around or like, you know, it's hosted by one of the agents or they're in the community volunteering their time. It's just, it's very nice. Yes, it is. Big fan. And, you know, going off that, um, I've never been, all I heard coming into real estate was cutthroat. Yeah. Very competitive, which real estate is very competitive. So I expected that. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, so every office I go to, it's going to be me against them. And it's going to be just an intense thing and just this built up tension. Um and I've never experienced that ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just crazy to think. And, and now that I'm talking with, um, you know, other agents in the community, because at this point I'm just trying to build relationships. Get, there's a lot of people that I don't know that have joined over the couple of years. And with COVID, I haven't been able to, you know, maybe possibly meet. Um, but to hear some stories where it is that way. Yeah. It, you know, and I'm sure it's not just here in Hilton Head. I'm sure it's in. Yeah, everywhere. And Bluffton. I'm sure it's in big cities and it's a ton of competition. But to just come in, you know, when I got in, the big thing that I did was I offered to help uh, all the older agents. Hey, do you need help covering your floor duty? Hey, you know, if you're out of town or a weekend, you can't do stuff. Because at that time, you know, I didn't have a baby and um, had a little more free time on my hands. It was just like, just I'll do whatever. Bit. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And so I was going out showing property for people when they couldn't and um, opening doors and. Um, filling in on duty, like I said, and, and it was just kind of like they they grew to respect me for that because they were like, oh, John's here to help me out. But then it was reciprocated because like anytime I need anything, I can call anybody in that office and they, yeah. they will bend over backwards to make it happen. Uh, and when I'm walking down the hall and everybody's, oh my God, you know, I saw Calvin's picture today, so cute. And it just, I mean, to go in there and enjoy where you walk in and, yeah. and the people you're with is a... It's a, it's a real like uh, family, family-y vibe. Like, you know, friendly vibe. Everybody asks about, like, you know, Marcus, hey. we fight a lot. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> no. But, like, you know, people ask you how, how your son Calvin's doing. Or, like, yeah. you know, people ask me how my fiance is doing. And, like, you know, I know about their families mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just, like, it's not just butting heads. Like, oh, how come you got this listing and I didn't? It's, like, everybody cares about each other. Correct. Helps each other out. You know, I really like that. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice environment to be in. It is. And... You know, the family words thrown around a lot. Um, I hear it all the time. And yep. and that seems to be something that uh, everybody promotes a little bit. And, and and I look at that kind of differently because it's like, you know, there's not a ton of places. I mean, there are, um, but that are truly like a family. You know right. what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of people when they go to work, they don't necessarily go home and hang out with the people from work. Right. Uh, and they don't, you know, unless you have a outing and this and that. And yeah. I'm not trying to say that we're all hanging out every Saturday and Sunday because we all live separate lives. We all have families. Right. We all have duties to, you know, to each other. But it's about as close as you can get to family apps for where people know you personally. Yeah. And it's not just, hey, how are you? It's they're asking questions about, you know, what's going on in your life. Oh, I saw your trip. That was awesome. And it's always just much deeper level. So yeah. I agree with you, you know, 100% in that aspect. So. All right. So we're going to transition a little bit. So as being, you know, say a, a new father, semi new father, 15 month old. How is that living down here? How would you, how'd you say it is, is like a new father living in the, the Bluffton area? Cause from when you first came here 10 years ago, Oh yeah. I've been here eight years and it's changed immensely in that so time. Much. Like, would you say that it, it's a good place to raise a family, raise a family? Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, I mean, sometimes it doesn't even feel, I didn't grow up in a bad place. Right. But it doesn't even feel like real life sometimes just because yeah. of uh, how nice everything is and, and it feels so safe. Um, I mean, there's crime everywhere, but, yeah, you know, I think it was last year maybe we were ranked number one safest city in South Carolina by like safety.com or something. Bluffton was. Right. Um, you know, and there's other areas that are very nice too, but, man, it's just, it's gotten very busy. You know that traffic's, <laughs> traffic's busy, all this. but it's still a small town and yeah. you hear people say a lot, but man, it's just like, you know, I was with a, a girl the other day that's joining us and we were just down at Corner Perk having coffee 
And I saw like four people. We we're just outside. Four people came up and said, hey, to me. Yeah. And I looked at her and she looked at me. And I'm like, she's going to think I'm like the mayor of this town or something. <laughs> she just moved here. Uh, and she's like, man, everybody, everybody knows you. And I'm like, well, not really. But yeah. it just happened to be one of those days that I'm in Old Town Bluffton. And here's everybody popping in and out of the coffee shop. And I happen to know a lot of them. It's um, like a really fast growing area, but it's still got like that small town vibe. So much. Where you like see people all the time. You're like, oh, I know that person. Exactly. Or, like the same thing. Like they come up and say, hey, you know. Yeah. You got you go, all I mean, these... you go out to eat. And they, we have festivals Every weekend. I mean, yep. there's a festival. I mean, it's not here or Hilton Head. It's in Buford. It's in Savannah. I mean, there's festivals everywhere. Um, and you go to those, and you just run into people, and there's such as that you know with their kid, and, you know, they're playing and having a good time. And, and the, the cool thing now, not only with the safety, but, um, you know, they've a lot of the additions they've done is they built that beautiful park on the water. So now you got the Church of the Cross. you got a park. you got the old Oyster Factory, another area where everybody puts their boats in, but they have, you know, festivals there with a fire pit and, and everything's, you know, a lot of that is based on the water, which is really cool. Yeah. And you can come to Hilton Head, be here in 20 minutes, and either be at the beach or you're at one of the marinas enjoying dinner. You know, you got friends. We don't have a boat, but you have friends with a boat. You go out on a Saturday or Sunday, spend the day the on the water, uh, <laughs> go over to the Fusky Island, you know, on the boat, which is really cool. A lot of people do that here. And it's just, you hear a lot of people come down here and say, oh, there's nothing to do. And a lot of them, I guess, are used to cities yeah, because we don't have – Maybe the nightlife. Yeah. But if you have a family, there's oh. always something. To do. This is the place. I mean, in sports leagues, I play in a softball league. You know, there's kickball leagues, volleyball league. The rec center has basketball. I mean, they have everything you can think of. And they're competitive big-time leagues. And I'm sure once he's a little older, he may come watch me in softball. And Clay was talking to me yesterday about maybe getting in the pickleball league and, you know, me and him be playing doubles and, and, you know, just being very active. But it's also – you see people and your kids see people and, you know, we go to a big church, so you see a ton of people there and it, so it's big and it's growing, but it's still very, it's kind of like the small town I grew up in where you still see a lot of people, you know, which is really cool. All right. So what's your thought on pickleball? Cause I'm also I've thinking never about played it. I've never played it either. Uh, I love tennis. Uh, never played tennis growing up, but I got into tennis a couple years ago. Me and my buddy, we went and played a lot and right. then I haven't played in two years probably. Uh, we just kind of stopped. We both had babies, and so it just kind of died out. But love tennis. Uh, the only thing I'm not very good at is serving, so I think pickleball would be ideal because from what I've seen, most people hit it underhand, I think, on a serve. So it, like, takes the whole me trying to go over the yeah. top, hit it hard. I can just hit it and put it in play, and then we're off and running. Uh, but I watched some videos on it yesterday when I got home after he talked to me about it, and I'm like, I could do this, you know, because I love uh, ping pong. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at ping pong. I played a lot of ping pong growing up, and I was like, I could – I could get into that and see me and Clay get out there and just get sweaty and just that's my cardio because I don't like to run. Oh, I hate running. So anything I can do to play golf, softball, tennis, you know, maybe pickleball, um, I just try to get out and get active and keep moving. That sport's like blowing up. Mm -hmm. How many how many courts Palmetto Indians have? Is like over twenty pickleball courts? No. I think. No. Palmetto Indians? Yeah. Well, the majority of them are still tennis. They just took that whole back row and made them all pickleball. So there's probably like. Eight to ten there. Really, I thought it was more. Not that I'm aware of, because they had to keep tennis. Tennis is a big thing too. But the, it's amazing that they took away some of the tennis courts for pickleball because it was such a big thing here. That's how much it's growing. They have they they have but, like a national like pickleball tournament there. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I watched it. And I went by the general store, had lunch, sat down, and there you know you can like overlook the courts. Yeah. Um, kind of this little picnic area where you can sit. And I just sat down. The and ESPN, I think, might have been here one of the channels, and they had the pickleball tournament going on. It was awesome. You know, I'm gonna go fly my drone over it later. <laughs> they were just going count to how town. many courts there. Um, but no, that's in you know now that I'm in Bluffton, that didn't seem because that just seemed to me to be like that was the big retiree thing now, and because you know your knees are hurting and stuff, it's harder to play tennis. It's right. probably easy to play pickleball. But, I mean, Hampton Lake, I was in there the other day. They have new pickleball courts that so they just built with their new amenities. Like everywhere. I think Hampton Hall might courts. be putting them in if they haven't already. Um, but a lot of places, even if they had tennis, they've made maybe one or two. I think Rose Hill added potentially maybe as well. So it's, it, it's getting big. Um, and so Clay and I were like, well, we just got to find, like, a public place to go play to, like, practice. And yeah. then you can play one-on-one for a while, and then we'll maybe see about joining the league. Because I don't even know the rules, or I'm sure it's similar to tennis. I don't know the rules. Yeah, 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 but looks cool. We did axe throwing last weekend. The um, how was it? It was awesome. Yeah. Place in Bluffton. I may take Asia very soon because we've been talking about doing it. Should yeah. definitely do that. We're thinking about drinks joining. and stuff too. Yeah, yeah thinking yeah. about joining the league over there. 
Just because it'd yeah. be a weird Valentine's Day. Or that'd be a cool Valentine's Day. Because I, I was considering doing that for Valentine's just to be off the wall because we've talked about it for so long. And just be like, I'll cook her dinner at the house, but then, hey, let's go axe throwing and have a couple drinks or something. No, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, I think it's it'd be like cool totally too, different. Right? Yeah. It's not like just going to a nice restaurant. Yeah. Especially because you're. I mean, everybody likes going to a nice restaurant. But, yeah, yeah. But, but, I think but you're cooking. Be, yeah. So. I'd cook a nice dinner. Yeah. No, do that. Do that. Yeah, yeah. So I would have to look up, make sure they're open. But, and then I'm like, and they're probably not that busy. I mean, I would imagine. Oh, no, we, we booked it. I think it was Saturday. They opened at like four. We booked like 4.30 was our appointment, and there was one other couple there. And then by the time we left, there was three or four other couples, but we were basically just like, we were on one side, the other couple was over there, and just had a blast for an hour. Mm. It was cool. None coming back at you? No. Okay. Uh, we, had one that, we had one that hit and then like slid across the floor, because the floor, like they've got wood, so the axe isn't like, you know, bounce, yeah. but then it slid off of that and kind of like slid a little bit, but they're not sharp. Yeah. So it's like, as long as you're not wearing like flip-flops, but they won't let you in. If you're wearing flip flops, yeah. So, no harm, no foul. Mm. It was fun, I had a good time. Yeah, awesome. And then they got little bells you ring whenever you get a bullseye. Really? Yeah, it's mm. pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. Did you hit bullseye? I did. Multiple times? A few. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would. I wouldn't say like. Do you go two hands over the top or just one hand? One hand. Yeah. One hand. Then I tried. Tried two, and I was like, mm. that's a little. Can't, I can't figure out which one I like better. But then yeah. the guy was like, oh, the granny throw. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to do two hands anymore. The two hands was? Yeah. Okay. But like some places, they tell you to throw two hands. Yeah, because I've seen people two yeah. hands over the top. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a professional axe thrower. Okay. So. Which one did you hit the bullseye more with? One, I'm guessing. I think one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And okay. then I just started going. They have a little circle in the top left that's worth like eight points. You know, it's like this big. Mm-hmm. I was going for that. Didn't hit that. So you just keep score to see yeah, who play, has the most. Play frames, like bowling. Yeah. So best of three, each frame. And then, so if you hit like two ones and then you hit like a four, your score is four. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So how do you like that softball league? Love it. Yeah. I've been playing in that for six, seven years probably. Two seasons a year, spring and fall. A uh, few different teams now. The teams kind of change over time. People can't yeah. do it anymore or whatever, or, you know. I, basically, I got in with – I don't even remember how I got in. I got in with, I think, um, one of the girls that was assistant on our team. Uh, she was dating a guy that was in a softball league. Right. And I may have talked to her one day about it, and she said, well, I think they're looking for some more players. Would you be open? I'm like, well, yeah, I'll be open. And so I went out there, and, um, you know, and I used to play baseball, so I've been dying to find right. something. But I didn't know anybody here, so it was like, well, how do I get in the league? And I didn't want to just join some random team that was horrible, and I didn't right. know anybody. You wanted and, to at least know one person. Yeah, and yeah. so just to have that introduction to the team. And so then once I got out there, I found out who ran that team, and then everywhere he's gone since, you know, if he's been three or four different teams, he's kind of brought me along with him. So I've kind of just stayed on with that. And then I, I've brought in, over time, probably five or six different people. Uh, but now I've got a few guys, like one guy played college baseball, another guy worked with Enterprise, who's a big, strong guy. But I brought in a few people of my own that we've kind of added to the team, and we've all been playing together for a couple years now. But it's so you, awesome. brought, you brought the ringers. Oh, yeah. The big hitters. The big bombers. Yeah, because we needed some some power in the lineup, uh, and I found the power. Because so. one guy I brought, he's about 6'7", <laughs> probably 285 Pounds, oh. big dude from Wisconsin. Oh, cool. So you brought the Country Hulk. strong. Oh, yeah. You brought the Hulk big to your boy. team. Uh, nicest guy you ever meet in your life, but he can get out there and rip it. And the other guy I brought in, he was, you know, he hit some bombs. And um, so we got a we got a pretty good little squad. We went last year. We had to, we barely made the playoffs because we had to forfeit a few games, which that's the worst because we usually play every game. But this, for whatever reason, last year with vacation, like it just, we had a couple weeks, I think, where we couldn't play. We didn't have enough people. So we got in as like the sixth seed, and we really didn't even know if we were any good. And we kind of struggled in the games we played. And then we got into the playoffs, and we just tore through it. I mean, we were the sixth seed coming in. We tore through the first seed, the second seed, and we were just ripping everybody <laughs> and made it to the championship game. And that night, it was – all we had to do was win one game. The team that we played had to beat us twice. But they had to play a game before that to see who was going to play us. Mm. So the team that ended up playing us had to play three games that night. We played to almost 11 o'clock at night. Um, and we ended up losing by one run, like, in the final inning. Ugh. And they won. They were the second seed. We were six. But we had a good time. But that was, like, the most fun I've ever had out there. Because some years you don't do well, and everybody right. ten runs you, and it's not as fun. But, like, that, once we got into that playoff and we were playing well, that was really fun. So 
How's your golf game? Horrible. Dude, there's like a course. <laughs> you see me. <laughs> there's like a course every like 10 feet here. I'm, I'm not a golfer. Uh, I'm not a golfer. I love golf. I love playing. I love going out there. But it just, uh, it's not in the cards for me, man. I don't know. I've tried for a long time. And I don't play enough. I mean, you know, I, the best I ever got, I played maybe 12 times one year. So I was probably averaging like once a month. And I got to where I was shooting maybe around 100, like trying to legit play. That was about as good as it got. And I was playing like once a month. But now I play maybe once a year. I think I played 12 times in a week yeah. over the summer. See, that's the thing. <laughs> so it's like I could sense it getting better as yeah. I was playing more. Um, but, man, I just. Mm. All right. We, we got to get you out on the course. Yeah. We'll figure something out. I need out. to play some more. We'll get, uh, you, we'll get you to break 100. Yeah. That'll yeah, if I could break, like my goal would probably be, like ultimate would be like to break 90 would be like I've made it. I think we can make that happen. But the thing for me is I, the most practice I need, because once I get to playing, I can I can eventually kind of start hitting it straight. And a lot right. of times I just use my three-wood. I don't even hit a drive. I just try to keep it in play. Um, and sometimes my irons aren't even that bad. But the putting, whoa. Oh, terrible. So, I mean, I could literally up on two, having a great round, and then I'll four-putt. And that's just where my game goes. So, if I could practice and learn that. So, I don't even need to do anything at the drive. I just need to go putt. And learn how to putt and learn how to read greens. Because I, I look down, I squat down like I know what I'm doing. And you, I stand up, people are like, you got it? I'm like, yeah, I have no clue what I read. I just putt the ball. You need to go say hey to Petey. Yeah, I do. Yeah. He can teach you how to putt. Yeah. He taught me how to putt. I just, you know, I didn't ever grow up learning the mental side of the game or have anybody that really played that was that's, like. That's like the big part of it. I know. That. And so I just never had. So, I, you know, I grew up when I did play, I'd just go out there and swing. Yeah. My baseball swing would come out. I'd be ripping it in the woods and. So now I'm, like, reading some golf books, trying to learn, like, all the middle part and stuff, so, which is fun, you know, trying to learn new sports. That's why I was, like, kind of getting excited about pickleball. I was like, oh, I get the, you know, because softball, I know baseball pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of reading some books now to relearn the fundamentals just in case I coach a little league and stuff and how to run practices and stuff because I don't oh, really know how to do are that. Are you excited for that? I think so. I don't know. You know, my dad was a baseball coach his whole life, so it's kind of in the blood. Um, but I've never really thought about coaching. But now that I'm like, we were at the store the other day, I bought some books, and it was, you know, how to run practices and how to do that. And my wife's like, why are you getting that? You, you, know, you know baseball. You play baseball. I'm like, well, you never know baseball. when the kid gets a little older that, yeah. yeah, I may have to coach and step in there. And um, and I don't even know if I want to or not, but I'm just trying to be prepared in case the time comes that I kind of have an idea of what Coach I'm Floyd. Yeah, which sounds weird because that's what my dad went by. His whole life. So anytime I see anybody and I'm with him, it's Coach Floyd. Coach John. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be a little a little different. So you think Calvin's gonna end up a baseball player? I don't know, man. He's uh it's funny. He I feel like he's gonna play something. Man, he is just all boy, full of energy. Um but he love and I got him now, he's throwing stuff. So oh. he throws everything now. Football, baseball, basketball. Uh, I've I trained uh -oh. him to, like, feed the dog treats when he comes in from because I always give my dog a treat when he comes in. And so, like, he, he was grabbing them and handing them. Now he's throwing them at the dog. So he's he's getting the – he's he's figuring it out. Um, but last night he found the golf club. I have a sand wedge by my bed, and he found it for the first time and thought it was just the greatest thing. He, he played with it. He didn't sit still. Right? He played with that thing standing in this corner for uh -oh. 15 minutes. And just carrying around and looking at it, and like, and he he's had a baseball bat before, like a wooden baseball bat, and he loves that, and he's knocking himself all over. Man, but he gonna, found the golf club, like the junior golf scene. Said, soon. Man, if you play golf, that's I don't know if I can help you as much, but I'll push you. I mean, I'm not pushing, but I will support you 100 percent if you want to play golf. But Man, it's gonna, not my forte. You're gonna be on that junior golf scene. <sighs> I can't do that. It's too expensive. Different, different states every week, running around. Or I just pay the money, like here, y'all train because I don't know what I'm doing. So, so we'll see. I think he'll. I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to play with him just to get energy out the oh, way yeah. he is when he gets older, which I'm very looking forward to. That's what I'm, like, most looking forward to is I hate to see him growing so fast because he's getting big. <clears throat> but I'm like, man, that just come home and, like, we just go out in the yard and play. Like, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Whether I have a, another little boy or girl, I don't care. Like, we're, we're going to be outside playing. He has grown fast. I feel like he was, like, a month old, like, last week. Yeah, and he's walking everywhere. And now he's walking just, and talking. <sighs> it's crazy. Yeah. So. All right, so you get a babysitter. Mm-hmm. You got the night to yourself. Mm -hmm. What are you and Asia doing? Man. Um, What's the ideal Floyd 
evening. It depends, man. Because if it's a big event, anniversary, like even Valentine, I think my mom's coming down to help Valentine's, which is kind of cool because I didn't think we'd be able to do anything. Um, you know, those would be nice restaurant. Um, definitely for her somewhere we go get a bottle of wine. Uh, she loves wine. She's got me drinking it a lot too. But, um, you know, went to the Pearl for our anniversary last year when we had my mom come watch, which was awesome. Um, and, you know, those nights were fun because – you know, the money to me for something like that is invaluable because it it's just the experience. Yeah. We get out. We just enjoy it. She gets the tastiest food imaginable with a bottle of wine. And then, you know, like that night we walk out there and we're feeling good. And, you know, that led to we're right in Old Town Bluffton. Let's walk down at night and let's walk down to the dock, down at the water. And so we do that. And, you know, and I'm like, so then you think back and you're like, well, he's spending that money. Like that is uh, – in like just memories, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, our, you know, really one of our first times out and just really enjoying each other like we, you know, did before we had kids and, and stuff like that. So fancy restaurant. We found a nice, um, God, I can't even think of the name of it. Or something in Old Town. It was, she loves Italian. Ooh. I love Italian. So nice bottle of wine with some Italian food would be ideal. Um, but we're pretty, Asia and I are pretty um, laid back people. Like we can just go, get a beer at some – we can go to Buffalo Wild Wings and game zone or something, you know what I mean? Um, or, hey, we'll call up some friends and we'll head over to Southern Barrel or something, which is right down the street from our house. And and for us, I think it's more about um, we just like being around other people too. Yeah. You know, so we'll like send out texts of just, hey, we're out for the night. Who wants to come? And then, you know, friends show up and, and, uh, and that's where it's at. That's where ideally we would go. So I love a good beer at Southern Barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, God, I'm just so glad to see that place doing well, you know, right. because of what an awesome setup. And, you know, when we first moved down here, it was struggling uh, when it first opened, just because I don't know if we had enough people at the time either to support it. But remember when that first opened, there was like <coughs> literally nothing there. It was like the Ace, it was the that, bowling alley. Um, the bowling that. alley, and, and the offices. The offices. That was was it. a police station over there yet? I think so. Maybe it just like had been it's built or something. New, maybe. Was the Publix even open? Yeah, Publix has been there, I think, since I moved down. If I'm not okay. Mistaken. But, like, now Kroger just, wasn't there, and yeah. TOs and all that yeah. didn't exist. That Kroger is wild, yeah. too. Like They got a liquor store there now. What? Mm-hmm. Just open. <laughs> so when you walk up to it on the left, there's a little door, because they, they closed off where Starbucks was. That used to be, like, more seating. They closed that off, and then they – and I guess up north and stuff where Kroger's are at, like in Ohio and everything, a lot of them have liquor stores connected, really? from what I've heard from people. Uh, and so I saw this big sign that said liquor store coming soon. I'm like, what? And then last time we went, that door takes you into it. doesn't look like one, but they have like one little sign out there. And it's like liquor store. And you walk in there and you can just, it's like an ABC store connected to Kroger. So I don't know. I'm sure the local ABC stores aren't happy, but changing the game. Yeah. And, and they have the bar inside, the crowbar. So Dude, that's just different. Like, how much stuff they put in? Like, because when I first moved down here, we didn't have the Walmart. The closest Walmart was on the island. And then did, was the one up in uh, Hardyville, maybe Hardyville. That's been um, there for a while. Yeah, but yeah, but the like, one now definitely wasn't. And then the Sam's Club, the small <laughs> Sam's Club that was on the island. And then they they built that Sam's Club and Walmart up there at Bluffton. And it's just like, ever since that, it's just been everything has been like new stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool to see. Well, that's the one thing I do like. You know, some people don't like it. You get on Facebook and they hate the growth. But I said one cool thing: I've never lived in a town that's growing. Right. It's but very cool. Because every town, like everywhere I've ever small. lived is, the town's been built and it's been there forever. Yeah. And they may t- replace a store with another store. They may yeah. revitalize a store. But I've never lived somewhere where it literally grew up around you. Yeah. You know, and it's every day you're driving by, oh, that's clear. wonder what's going to be there. Oh, that's clear. Wonder what, and it's kind of cool to play the guessing game, what's coming. And then you find out. And sometimes you're disappointed. Sometimes you're happy. But it's cool, kind of a cool thing to... Because they have done a lot of stuff, and they've had a lot of parks, and they got two more parks coming, What's and an one? amphitheater coming, and you're just like, That's so there are Woodbridge, more right? things for families and to do. The amphitheater is for is going to be right in front of Woodbridge, right. which is going to be, I guess, for you know, music-type events. Across the street from that is going to be like commercial and stuff where that new grocery store is, uh, mm-hmm. Low Country Market. Yep. But there's a little park there, like Washington Square, so you got a little park you can go to. And then obviously, even across... From those offices, like where Evercore and everything next to Southern Barrel are, they you know they have that new park they put there. It has a playground and walking track. 
just little things like that. But it's like, that's just a spot you can literally just go spend a couple hours. Golf cart sales are going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, uh, and you've seen a lot of <laughs> those places popping up too. Yeah. But you guys have a golf cart? We do not. We don't have uh, one either. And we're not the most golf cart friendly community, but it would be cool our next home to find a place that we can, because where we, we go back to her sister's house and they don't live anywhere as busy as this, but, um, but you know, every time we go, we hop on the golf cart and we take yeah. the kids on the golf cart or the dogs hop on and like, that would be cool. I want to get one so bad. Yeah. Karina won't let me get one. Yeah. She's like, you don't need it. It's the experience. Oh, for sure. a golf cart. And the only thing I do miss is living in Bluffton Park, which is right near Old Town Bluffton. We lived there for three years, just rented a place when we first kind of were down here and it would have been cool to have one there because like we went to the Christmas event this year where they lit the tree in old yeah. town and, you know, again, at a new park and, um, uh, had Santa out there and all that stuff. And I mean, there were hundreds, hundreds of golf carts parked at that place. Uh, so one, you get a great parking spot and you're right there at it, but it's kind of cool to see like everybody just flocks there yeah. that has a golf cart that lives kind of somewhere in that area and you can drive your golf cart. And imagine if you'd opened a golf cart store, like, Eight years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, you'd be rolling in right yeah, now. I'm curious, like that one they put right there across from what used to be Fat Patties, now it's Nectar. In Have Old you been Town. there to Nectar? We went the other day. How was it? It's very good. Yeah, very good. All right. What type of food is it? I've been to the one here. There's one on the island, right? Um, and that one I got the it was like their hot chicken sandwich, kind of like the Nashville hot chicken. But some you get aren't very hot, right? And it just has really good taste. That's kind of way I was expecting it because I think it may even mention some honey and stuff. And that one was. And I don't mind spicy stuff. I'm just not like a big spicy guy. So that one was a little too warm for me. I was sweating a little bit while I was eating it. So this time I went, I'm like, well, I'm going to get something a little less. And I got like boiled peanuts as an appetizer, which were good. And then I got like meatloaf. But their meatloaf was really good. And then it yeah. came with collard greens and like uh, cut up sweet potatoes. Mm. And all of it was just whew, was really good. Mm. And they, got, they have like bowls. Asia got like a healthy bowl with yeah. quinoa and sweet potato and kale and but it had a bunch of other stuff in it, maybe like chicken, some meat or something. But hers was really good too. Oh, and they make the cool thing is, is at that one, I don't, I don't even know if they do it there, but at that one, that used to be Fat Patties where they brew their own beer. Right. Uh, so I thought when another company came in, they were going to completely get rid of that. But they still have the brewery up top, and they're making their own beer. So I tried like a Farmhouse L by Nectar, which was good. She had something God, I can't remember name of hers but it was a special that they do so they have about six beers on draft that come from up top brewery that is their beer that they sell and stuff so i thought that was very cool yeah and they in the little outdoor bar still there i don't know what they're going to do with it but i love that little area at fat patties we'd go back there and they'd have cornhole tournaments and a bunch of stuff happening Uh, but right behind that they have two little buildings being built up it almost looks like little tiny homes and there's two of them side by side right behind like the end of where the bar is outside and I don't know what that's going to be, so I should have asked. Keep, keeping everybody on their toes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go check it out. It's a cool place. It looks really cool, too. Nice. Very nice. I'm glad to see that place yes. is getting used. I love the location and stuff. Yeah. So we, we used to go there. I mean, family come in. We go to Fat Patties all the time. But their food's better, obviously. Than, but if you want a good burger, it's nice to have Fat Patties, too. Yeah. So. That was unfortunate. But anyway. I liked Fat Patties. I did, too. Still in Beaufort, though. So raw question and answer time. How did you meet Asia, your wife? Uh, we met in college. So we've been together since college. We met, um, well, it's a little different um, in terms of meeting or the first time. I'll just tell the story. But we were in college, and she was good friends with a guy on my baseball team that dating a girl, so she's good friends with her. Uh, and I think we were playing in our, it wasn't the conference tournament, but it might have been like a regional tournament or something like that in, uh, I think it was at USC Aiken, and she's from Aiken. So before she, she was at school where I was at, which was a different city, but where, before she came there, that's where she was from. <clears throat> so she decided to come to a game with her friend, because she was probably back home, I think it was summertime by then. Um, and I remember... I do remember the first time I saw her. This is going to get very sappy. But I remember the first time I saw her, um, and I was playing shortstop. And I remember I ran off the field into the dugout. And I just happened to look up. I don't usually look in the stands. I happened to look up, and I saw her. I was like, ah. <laughs> and, you know, it was just one of those things. I, you know, you don't think anything about it. I'm just, like, looking. I'm like, who is that? You know? And 
so I could run to the dugout, finish the game, and happened to go after the game. We went, I think it was Golden Corral, where <laughs> we went for a buffet or something to eat, and her her and her friend showed up. So they so they were over there talking to the guy that played with me that she knew, and I'm just sitting at the table. I just kind of was looking at her there, and I'm like, wow, this girl's very pretty, and. Uh, but I don't know who she is, and you know I think at that time she was probably a freshman. I was a junior, so she had probably just gotten there. She'd only been there a year, but I didn't. I'd never met her. Never knew who she was. And uh, but after that, I don't think we even talked or anything. I was just, I just was kind of like intrigued with who she was. And then the, I think it was until the next school year, if I'm not mistaken, um, was when we actually started talking because I, I, we met kind of on the beach volleyball court. So. Back then, I'd go play beach volleyball a lot, be at the pool, a lot of that stuff in college, which was awesome. And she ended up playing against me on a team. And I remember we were – I'm very competitive when we get on stuff like that. So I was trying, I guess, in my way of flirting was, like, kind of talking crap to her, you know, as I was spiking balls on their team, playing beach volleyball and stuff like that. So I was back in my days when I could still run and jump, do a lot of stuff. So, uh, But we did that. And then I remember after the – we – game ended or whatever she was like walking back to the parking lot I remember I like ran her down and I think just kind of asked her if she wanted to go on a date I don't remember how I said it, it probably was awful I didn't have a very good game uh and the next thing you know I think we did a double date with uh another guy on my team and the girl he was seeing and that's kind of like where it first started and then from there the next date was just me and her and that was in 2009 so what is that 12 years about no, that. it's 2022, so, yeah. yeah, I guess October of this year will be 13 years, so 12 and a half years ago. We've been together ever since. Nice. Yeah. Let's call her up. <laughs> Ask her her version of the story. <laughs> it's probably much different. <laughs> it's probably much different. So. All right. If you could go back in time and tell your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would that be? 18-year-old, <clears throat> so that's like leaving high school. Yeah, I guess you're about to graduate. So I've been going to graduation present to yourself is this piece of advice. What is it? Um, I don't know, man. Um, going into college was a different time for me. I was uh, very shy. I had very bad acne when I was younger. So when I got my freshman, I guess it was the stress of going off to college. My freshman year, first semester, my face, entire face was like bloodshot red of just covered in acne. So I didn't have a whole lot of confidence. Uh, it cleared up, I think, by my s- second semester. So it started to get better. And that's when I finally, like, started hanging out with people and, like, willing to, like, go out and do college stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I would just say um, – Raw stuff's hard. Yeah, man. Um, you want one? I would just say, like, you know, I'd go back and I'd say, you know, kind of cliche, but believe in yourself. Um, you know, you get to college, and I was playing baseball, and I had look issues and stuff, and this was what you know, two years before I met my wife, but uh, just wasn't very confident uh, in who I was, and then I, you know, started doing the normal college thing, partying, and and I'd. Yeah, never done any of that in high school. Um, I was only all I wanted to do was play baseball, so didn't take baseball seriously, and everything kind of started to slip. But I'm not like regretting any of that happened because it led me to the next school where I went, which is where I met my wife. And here I am, and I have a beautiful son. And so I was like, you know, my mom asked me like, "Oh, what do you think would have happened with your baseball?" And I'm like, oh, "I wouldn't change it for a thing." You know what I mean? Because it led me where I am, and doing this podcast with you. <laughs> so yeah. uh, so that was good for me. But I just would have said, I, I, maybe I just didn't have enough of that, you know, growing up high school and all that. It was just like, look, man, you can believe in yourself. You can go play wherever you want to play. You can you know, do whatever you want to do. I didn't have, I was not a good student. Um, just was never good. I, I'm, a sl- I'm slow at a lot of stuff I do. Like I'm a slow eater. I was a slow test taker. I was always like the last one taking tests. And uh, was just never great at school. Um, I thought I was smart, but I just, I don't know. Just never, school just never, came naturally too. Maybe I just didn't try as hard as I should have or something. But just to, you know, believe in myself and everything um, and who I am, what I do. And even like when I met Asia, I guess I was much more confident then because I went up and asked her out and all that stuff. So it came from somewhere. But at 18, I didn't have that. And our answers are vastly different. Yeah. So I would say to myself, invest, invest in Bitcoin. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I don't even know if Bitcoin was around back then. I might have been. Dude, it just was. Before. It was. In like 06? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. 
So, okay. Well, maybe I got too deep. Well, then again, my 18-year-old self would would have been, like, what, 2010? So. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Should have invested in Bitcoin. Oh, for sure. Which I think it came around in, like, 07. So, maybe it was, like, just after that. So. But no, yeah, I, I wouldn't. If you had said cryptocurrency, I would have known what. How the would, world has changed. Yeah. So All right. <clears throat> deep stuff. John, what's a funny story that your family tells about you that you'd like to share? That my family tells about me? Yeah. Like growing up. Man. Um, hold on, let me think. <clears throat> There's a bunch because they like laughing at me. Um trying to think one that comes to mind was it kind of involved my whole family but it started with me and then I kind of ended it but um, my whole family are are very passionate Clemson football fans Um, very passionate Um, this was back in 2007 I believe so I was like a freshman in college or something like that. But, you know, Clemson wasn't as good as they are now. But they still had a decent season. They made it to the Peach Bowl, which played in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, so we all went up there for the game, aunts, uncles, cousins, stuff like that. Uh, got a hotel room in downtown Atlanta. So we went out the night before, um, had a great time, you know, went to dinner. They went to, like, this bar, but they had a ton of Clemson folks that were there, everybody singing karaoke, having a blast. Next day we go to the game, and um, we lose the game, I believe, in overtime. Uh, so we felt possibly should have won, but, you know, made some mistakes, lost the game, and then the other team's fans started running their mouths and all this, so we were all kind of fired up. So um, we leave the game. We're walking downtown Atlanta. My mom looks at me. She gets my face, and she says, um, don't you get in a fight tonight? And just yells at me. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so I'm just mad. I'm just storming away. Um, and some of the story involves some uh, – some words we probably can't use on the air, so I'll abbreviate them. But as I'm walking in, there's this kind of drunk girl that's standing there with a drink, her and a couple friends. And um, she leans over into my face, and I don't even think she's an Auburn fan. She just wants to give me a hard time because she sees I'm probably down and mad. And she literally leans in my face and says, F Clemson. And so I let it roll. I just was like, whatever. And I just kept walking because I was like – so I walk inside, and we're going back to this bar that we went the night before because everybody wanted to see if all the people were still there. Probably wouldn't have been as fun, but they were like, well, let's just go back there and at least try to enjoy our time before we leave tomorrow. So I walk into the bar. My uncle was ahead of me, which was probably not smart. We had a couple, um, like my little cousin was in the back and stuff, but it was my mom, my aunt, my cousin, and you know, a few others. They were behind us. I probably should have been behind everybody, but I was just storming to the bar. So I get into the bar. My uncle's there, and I turn around, and nobody else is there. And I look, and there's this long hallway that leads into the bar, and uh, I see one of my little cousin's friends running up who's like 15, sprinting down the hall yelling, you got to get out of you got to get out. So I didn't think, I immediately take off running. So this is probably more about my mom, but it's pretty funny. Um, so I go outside, and I look, and my mom's standing at the top of the steps, and there's drink like liquid everywhere. And I'm like looking down, and then my aunt is down on the concrete with this other girl who's a friend of hers on top of her. And she's, like, trying to swing on her and all this stuff. And I see my aunt fighting back. So my mom's fine. So I immediately just go running down. I grab the girl, like, throw her off my aunt. And at the time, at the football game, they had uh, little eye black things, you know, like the eye black that they gave out that you can wear. And so I put those on. They had little tiger paws on them. So I grabbed that girl, threw her off. And then there was a couple guys with them. And one of them looked like he was going to, like, swing back and hit my mom. So I take off running at him. I, like, grabbed him, pushed him up against the wall. And I'm wearing these eye black. <laughs> kind of forgot they were on. And I'm all fired up. And I'm like, everybody, you know, just trying to get everybody under control. But at this time, I looked around. This is before, like, real good cell phones came out. These yeah. were, like, flip phones. Oh, yeah. But everybody, like, next thing you know on the street is surrounding us. And, like, people have their little flip phones out. And they're all, like, filming <laughs> and stuff. And come to find out, after I walked in, my mom immediately turned in to the girl and dropped a fu on the girl. You didn't say, "Mom, you don't get into a fight tonight." Well, my mom is feisty like me, so she does it because they're talking to her baby angel walking in the bar. And so as she says that, walks off, the girl follows her up the stairs, and she's holding this drink full of whatever, some type of liquor drink. But she's sitting there holding the drinks. So my mom looks at her, looks at her, but smacks the drink, goes all over the girl. So the girl's so going. So the girl's not doing anything. She just yelled at her. So her friend runs up the steps, 
Doing the same thing, yelling at her. But she's holding her drink. Her mama goes, boop, smacks that one. It goes all over her. So there's just drink everywhere. It's soaking wet. And at that time, that's when the one girl was, like, stepping in to hit my mom. That's when my aunt, like, jumped in front of her trying to, like, stop them. And somehow she grabbed my aunt, and that's they just tumbled down the stairs. And that's how she ended up at the bottom with her on top. But So I kind of put an end to it. It's almost more. But my family, you know, they get together. They always like to tell that story. But I'm like, I can't believe. Thank God it wasn't today. Because it would have been on YouTube, it would have been on TikTok, all this stuff where we would have been <laughs> this family fighting. <laughs> and I was the one that was good. So And you're the one that was told not to I, fight. I obeyed what was told to me. I walked in, I, I just let it roll off my shoulder and uh good to go. So That's great. Yeah. Um but that's one that's just a big story we tell, just because it was it's like, yeah, my family got in a fight at the football game, you know. So there's that. John, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure, and uh, I look forward to hosting another episode with you soon. Yeah, look forward to being back on the other side of the mic. Well, yeah, kinda. But uh, yeah, this was great. Three feet I had over. To kick it off. Yeah. yeah, great. Look forward to the next one. Thanks. Yeah, man.